Welcome to The Originals, a podcast singularly devoted to the one-of-a-kinds, those super unique folk we meet in life who live differently, passionately, and entirely their own way. Those who are true originals. Our first guest on this season of No Coast The Originals is Noah Alexander. Many of you may know him from a very successful show, Speed is the New Black, that ran on Velocity, now called Motor Trend. But long before that, he's been a been an entrepreneur in the city of St. Louis and, and a very successful businessman in running Classic Car Studios. Noah, welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. Hey, let's just kick it right off let's with do it. Uh, doing the show. You know, most people out there are never going to be on a television show. And, and let me tell you, there's a lot of interest about what that's like. What was that like for you just to just to be on air and have to do that all the time? You know, it's pretty crazy. It's something we never planned on doing. So uh, when we got the opportunity, it was one of those things where we said, well, I don't know if we should do this or not. Uh, seems pretty crazy. But as with most things, you kind of got to try it once. So we tried it out and it was intense. There's a lot of work, probably about 100 hours a week for the for the run of the show in terms of producing it. And we, we did a lot of crazy projects in a short amount of time, thanks to a pretty talented team of guys and girls what was uh what was your first kind of man on the street moment where you know you're at a cardinal game taking a leak and some guy next to you goes hey aren't you uh (laughs) where did that happen yeah it started you know happening we're really sure you know kind of how that was going to play off and initially like one of my biggest concerns is like that the tv crew is going to be at our house shooting all the time like so I like wrote it in. I was like, this is whatever happens. Like, I'll do anything. Like, I'll do anything. Just don't don't come to my house, you know. But then after that, yeah. So after the show was out, we started started getting recognized randomly. But it was always cool. And one of the best things about it is people always had like really interesting and positive feedback about the show, which kind of showed they genuinely like watched every minute of it very, in, very intensely. So yeah, you'd, you'd see people and they'd be like, hey, I really like this guy because of this thing. Yeah, the one time he threw the, you know, across the shop and, you know, I, I really like the paint job this guy did. Or, you know, your interior guy is really incredible. Whatever, whatever it was, they always give really, you know, it was never like, Hey man, I like the show. It was always, hey man, I like the show for like, and then they give like three or four, you know, very specific reasons. So, which was cool because the second time around, we try to kind of, you know, hone in on some of that stuff and be like, hey, these are what people we're getting awesome, you know, genuine feedback from tons of people. Well, you didn't, you didn't start Classic Car uh, Studios to to get a television show. So how how did this come about? How how did you you begin this business? And just give us a little bit on on how that all began with you. Yeah, so I you know went to college because I thought I had to go to college and I don't have anything wrong with the fight. I had a good time in college and learned quite a bit. But when I got out, I started interviewing for jobs and there was nothing. I, I just really didn't like anything out there. So it's like, this is disappointing. I just went to school for all these years and maybe I should have like done some more internships or something. I don't know. So it was like the, uh, it was a low point in my life because I was like, there was nothing. It was like the wick burnt on the firework, and then it just did nothing. <laughs> that was like my post college experience. It was so, it was so shitty and sad. So I was looking for. I didn't know what kind. Of, I didn't even know what kind of job I want. I like interviewed for some corporate jobs, like insurance stuff. Just you know whatever. This is not what I want. Then I was a cook for a while. You know, it was the same kind of back to that same schedule where. It's like you wake up at 11, go to work, start prepping stuff. Like there's dinner rush. You leave at midnight. Everybody wants to go party. And that made me feel even worse. So there's ads in the newspaper still when people read them, you know, for jobs. And I got a job and uh, it was for a guy locally that bought and sold classic cars and exotic cars. So I went over there and I kind of interviewed and they promptly offered me the job probably because I was a young idiot and 
they could tell me to do anything and I'd probably do it. But I was, I found I was really good at sales. So I just sold like, I sold tons and tons of cars there. The economy was hopping. There weren't a lot of people selling cars on the internet. Was it all internet sales? It was all internet sales. And we sold so many, I'd sell like 20 cars a month just myself. Wow. That'd be like a good month. Even on a bad month, 15 cars. It was crazy. I did that for a year and a half, decided I had to want to do my own thing. Never had any entrepreneurial spirit in my entire life, not even like a lemonade stand. You know, I I left and I was like, I'm going to start my own business. I like just moved out of my parents' house. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't want to buy a play. Like I didn't really, I was just like, like a lost boy. So I I didn't, I didn't own any property, nothing, but the bank let me, they lent me money. (laughs) So I started Classic Car Studio. Like I got a few hundred thousand dollars to work with and I started buying and selling cars and absolutely loved it. And I've had a great time with it ever since. And we've grown it very, you know, we started, we kind of bought stuff as we needed it and developed certain areas as we needed to develop them, you know, not with like, you know, we, we never went back. We, we never got loans for anything. Basically, we just kind of just kind of hummed along. And I had yeah, some, you ate what you killed along the way. Essentially, right? yeah, and I had, yeah. I had some some people that had kind of like pitched the concept of the company too that they were like interested in it. So um, I've had a couple of different business partners along the way that thought it was great. The first couple of years were great, and then the economy went to shit in two thousand eight, nine, and ten. So there's that was like this the second period of my life where I was like, wow, I've really done the wrong thing again. Cause it was very hard to sell cars. And we had a credit line through a bank. Um, the bank was sold to another bank. They, they called the line oh, and I was yeah. up to like $2 million, which is like a lot of classic cars. If you're buying stuff, that's like 20 and $30,000. So they called the line. I sold everything we had in two months. And then we had a, a, a big business with lifts and mechanics and all this stuff and nothing to do. So it was at that point that we became the company we are today. And we started Restoring cars out of nowhere. That's what drove it. Yes, that's failure. unbelievable. Yeah, we ate shit really hard. We lost so much darn. I mean, we ate. We lost everything we'd made. We just lost. So, so but about you didn't like, die. We didn't die. So we lost. I. Th- it was about five or six hundred thousand dollars. We lost at that point because we had no, like we were just hemorrhaging money. And you know, start got into the uh, got into buying. Yeah, got into restoration and i had a couple of good customers that like they walked through the door at like the at the grim the, the the darkest hour of classic car studio and they want to do these big projects and um that's kind of how it kind of how it started the uh, the modern version of classic car, car studio started going and since then we've gotten back into you know 2008 was a long time ago now so since then we've gotten back and you know we buy and sell cars and we've got a paint shop and uh, interior shop we uh, full fabrication area. We we try to do everything in house that we can. So you know, it's amazing. Uh, in all of our uh, podcast interviews last year, everyone had an entrepreneurial side to them, right? Mm-hmm. And um, everybody has their version of the same story. Yes, which is this is when I should have died. Yes, but I didn't. Uh-huh. And then now I'm here today. Exactly. And it's like it's that that lesson of you know only you take yourself out of the game. And if so, and even if you do it like I have, yeah. so I'm with you on this. Even because if your reason is, well, I don't have anywhere else to go, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's not like, oh, I'm a visionary business yeah. guy. Sure. It's like, sure. well, I'm fucked, and I really don't have anywhere <laughs> yeah, else just, to go. I hard. hope somebody walks through the door right. with something for me, and then, right. but they do. They do. And yeah. everybody has that sort of resurrection story of. We crashed and burned. It's not really anything we did on our own. 2008, you know, I think really tested everybody that had a business. Oh, yeah. And you're like, don't you wish you were the guy that had $2 million in 2008, what you could have bought inventory for? Oh, I mean, 
the the rich only get richer and we were not rich so we right yeah we ate it but i our business i feel like if you watch our car sales over the years we you know we've we've been tracking data since you know since 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 2006 when we started and you know it the things like there there's weird things that heavily weigh on you know the the purchase of luxury goods um vacation times like people just don't do anything during vacation times but sometimes they'll go crazy. So you can see like these spikes when you're like, either everybody's on vacation, you know, there's a lull. Like either they're all on vacation and like they're not doing anything or they're on vacation and they're buying stuff. Um, but in 2008, it was the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which was eating shit so hard daily. I mean, it was down when it finally like stopped going down. It was at like 6,000 or five, even low. It was so right. bad. And like, I just like sit at my desk and I like, I couldn't stop watching it because it was such a train wreck. I couldn't oh, yeah. stop watching it. And like the more it went down, the more the phone wouldn't ring. Um, but the interesting thing is like a lot of the people I know in like the classic car sales business, they're all still here. Like we all like kept selling cars and made it out alive, which is really That's wild. Because like that market was smoked. And why the why would you buy a muscle car if – if like you're losing, you know, a massive amount of your stock portfolio, so I guess I guess the passion for classic cars is that strong. Is that, anybody? Is anybody? Even if it's a high end manufacturer, I mean, what hits you? What, what's your sense? Is anybody doing design now? Is there anyone out there? That's- it seems sadly there's not many. There's not any American car companies that are no. that are putting something out there that's just like fuck you. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. I'm yeah. a peacock. Um, so that being said, like you really have to go to, and and that's kind of sad because I think that because for so long that that swagger like that was a taint that was available to like the common dude. They could right. go into a Chevrolet dealership and be driving a car with fucking fins off the back of it down the road to work. But now, like, where do you go for something with a crazy look like that? You have to drive like a Pagani or something like you have to buy like a $2 million car to achieve this. Right. Right. So I think that like as classic car studio, we're kind of in an, a unique position because we're, these things are still on the road. You can still drive them. And it, it in like a custom classic car or like a restored classic car, that's an opportunity for people to like, that is a lifestyle thing. And you know, you can you can go do so many cool things with it. You can hang out with great people. You can meet awesome people. Like the car the car the car community is a, a really like welcoming. It's a welcoming community of people. They're not you know there's it's not so like segment like sports or you know sports fans. You know you like you love your own thing and you hate everybody else. You know but the car community is like a big welcoming community that really wants to see itself go forward. You know as a collective and you know. So I like the with with classic cars and custom cars now I think they're it, like they kind of fill that that position that manufacturers almost used to fill back in the day with with really cool unique wild stuff. I mean the stuff they were coming out with was totally nuts. Even look at like Corvettes. Like look I mean they they weren't the original Corvette was essentially riding on a chassis with the it was kind of a sophisticated pickup truck chassis. There wasn't anything crazy about it but they looked like spaceships. They were unbelievable. And, and that's the go. thing I saw, like, what you guys did a lot, and a lot of guys in your world do, is 
the design stays alive because they get the classic look. Like I remember in one episode where the guy just, I don't know, he bought like a Mustang body on eBay. Right. But then you guys redid it for him. So it's all new chassis, all sure. new brakes, all new engine, all new everything. Right? right. But he keeps the look. Keeps the look. You know, you can go buy a new Mustang and that's fine. But no. I also saw like four of them when I was driving here. So it's okay. You know, yeah. it's not the same. And people like, you know, people like the old, like the old cars can have a soul. And yeah. new cars are almost so good that it's like, what am I really doing here? Like, you know, that there's, there's a bunch of computers and they almost do everything too well to the point that you're not really, you, you don't feel like you're a participant. You're kind of there to like push the brake and the gas a little bit, but you don't really have to wrangle that thing in like you'd with a muscle car or something like, you know, there's, you never feel like you're kind of out of control. It's you not, know, which is not a thrill. The kind of the edge of control is you're like, oh, this thing's kind of it's kind of dicey. And every time you get in, you know, if you got a car, you get in that makes the hair on your arm stand up, and you're a little scared of to drive it every time. That's probably the right car to have. You know, let you feel you're alive a little bit, right? Exactly. It's hard to feel alive in a Honda Odyssey. You know, and I I think about real car nuts out there and and guys listening, or just really anybody that even like me, I'm not what anyone would call a car nut. Um, but I have an appreciation and a love for certain types of cars, right? Sure. And I look at a guy like you and I go like, man, that guy can walk out in his garage and drive some unbelievable vehicle any day, right? Just go out and take one for a spin. So oh, yeah. in in that, like, what's a dream car for you to drive? Is, is Or even a couple. Like, what are the ones you just love I, to get behind the wheel of? Yeah, people are always like, what's your favorite car to drive? And I, I'm really, like, all over the place. I like old pickup trucks. Straight out of the box, old like farm trucks are fun to drive. Not fast, but it's kind of like nice, easy going, fun, fun to drive them slowly. And then we built a few trucks like that that are totally over the top on new chassis with a bunch of horsepower. I like muscle cars in general just because they're raw and crazy. And what's the most horsepower you ever got behind? This is actually a newer car, but we did a 2018 Camaro, kind of like a uh, street racer on radials, about 1,700 horsepower. I did <laughs> I, a lot of horsepower. I. And I, I drove what the scariest car I ever rode in is a, a customer with a uh, like a two thousand horsepower GT, Nissan GTR, which I was like, oh, that's gonna be pretty fast. It was terrible. I, I was like, get me out. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't want to get back in the car. It was, it was totally, totally insane. Where'd you drive it? I was this is in California. The car was so fast. I, well, that's a big state, so there's I a lot of room. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I drove a new. I started. I, I drove the new uh, GT2 RS, which is a incredible Porsche. With quite a bit of horsepower, and then we drove this GTR, and it made the GT2 feel like just so slow. Still, a, a really nice car. Our kind of average horsepower in our projects were usually like 600 horsepower, and, and kind of a muscle car, which is a good good amount of horsepower. Most of our customers want something like people are always shout reliability now. They want some reliability. They don't want to. They know if they build a, a 1500 horsepower car, it's going to produce its own set of issues because it's essentially a race car. So right. Um, it's good. We've got our old twin turbo shop truck, Tiffany, which has been around forever. It's about a thousand horsepower and pretty wild. So that's uh, an awesome ride. I, in love, fact, that. I when, love that thing. Yeah. When, when this podcast is up, by the time you're listening to this out there, there'll be pictures of Tiffany up on our on our site. That's an awesome build. That's a good. That's a good. Nice raw, just crazy, crazy vehicle. I always love nine elevens, old air cooled nine elevens. I just like the feel of the cars. They're the kind of a mechanical pureness that's hard to. Hard to find. It's certainly not in a, a modern car, but um, just, just is that really... the best driving car you think you've been in as far as feel? New ones for sure, yeah, yeah, I, and and even the old ones. But the, the new the new Porsches are kind of my favorite driving vehicle. They're just dialed in. They're so they're they're so nice, and that's really a 
kind of a subjective thing because people are all over the place yeah, and stuff right. they like. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I try to drive at least once a week. I try to drive something out of the showroom home. So the other day I drove a 55 Chevy pickup truck that's kind of like lowered on the ground a little bit. Looks pretty stock. Nice looking truck. Drove that home and threw the kids in the back of it and took some pictures of them while I spilled ice cream all over the damn bed. And I was like, <laughs> which is okay. It washes off with the water. And uh, it's water soluble. It's okay. So the uh, now I, I try to drive something home every every once in a while, like once a week and when it's nice outside just to fulfill the, the need to go drive. And we'll be back with our interview in just a minute. But if you are or know someone who is truly an original and have interest on being a guest on our show, shoot us a note, podcast at nocoastoriginals.com. Make sure to check us out on Instagram and follow our feed for pictures of our guests and other stuff we find originally cool. And now we return to our interview on No Coast Originals, The Originals. You and I had lunch and we said, that's what made me, is going to make me ask this question when we were talking about like the fringes of car culture. Right. Like you, you, you let me know that you spend uh, uh, a, a good amount of time just looking at like what people are doing on Instagram and social media and some of the crazy shit that's out there. Like, what are you seeing that just like, even for a guy like you, that's probably seen everything. You're like, whoa, <laughs> there's so much weird stuff out there. I can't even like. A long time ago on Top Gear, they did like an episode on the Reliant Robin, which was a three-wheeled car and would flip over. It had a, a prop. Its, its issue was it would flip over when around went around turned too quickly. So I kind of like started going down the rabbit hole with that. And they did a funny bit on it where they he drove it all over. I think he was in, they went to Ireland and drove the Reliant and had a Reliant Robin. And like every turn they go around, they'd flip it over on purpose. <laughs> it was fucking so funny. So I started. It's like man, that's kind of cool. There's all these people out because we're so like in the U.S. We're so into our own stuff that like we don't know what else is out there. But I think right. like social media and YouTube have kind of flattened that out. So then I started watching in like Saudi Arabia. Well, someone had showed me the guys that they they get it. What do they call it? There's a name for it that's, that I'm I, you know, blanking on. But they have like these big SUVs over there, like Land Cruisers, like big Toyota Land Cruisers. And I think they overinflate the tires, but they get them going about like 50 miles an hour swerve wildly and then they'll pop the these four by fours up on two wheels so they'll without using a ramp or anything like that and they'll balance i don't know how you balance a vehicle like that as the driver but they'll balance them going down a highway on two wheels and then guys climb out the high side of the vehicle and they'll take the wheels off and the wheel while it's going while it's going i was like who the what what is this shit and then (laughs) this is incredible and then i found these guys in front wheel drive cars and they had like figured out how to like really like drip that I guess they've got the e-brakes tuned in just right, but they would like be drifting. They were and they do it in traffic too, which is like particularly terrifying. Because they did that in my neighborhood, I'd be like, "Get off my lawn!" <laughs> but in Saudi Arabia, I feel like there's enough distance where I don't have to worry about it. But they, so they're drifting these like Toyota like Camrys in and out of traffic, like buses and trucks, and there's they're drifting them wildly. Like it looks like it's not going to end well for them. There's usually spectators along the side of the road, but it's in like normal traffic. So there's like a school bus and like a, a cu- and and then there's there always be a guy seeing like an AK-47 out the back window, <laughs> which for me was really like the cherry. It was that was really like the cherry on top of that Sunday. I was like, Whoa. they got it all, and they've got a guy just for like theatrics shooting a gun that would be leaning out the window. And every once in a while, they'd fall out, or like no one ever seemed to get hurt. In in our country, they'd be very hurt if they fell out of a moving car. But over there, like I don't know if they're flexible or what, like working out, 
it's not, I don't know what they're doing, but yeah, they'd fall out of the windows. It was just, and there's somebody filming it. it was, it's totally wacky. So I don't know. I, I got really interested in like freaky car cultures that nobody that nobody really seems to know about. And uh, I don't know if you've seen like in Alaska, like, I don't know if it's like the 4th of July or whatever, but they like, they launch these cars off this cliff. Like everybody gets together and they like party and drink beer and barbecue and they just shoot these cars off these cl- Like Thelma Louise style? They just launch them. Just to see what happens when they hit the bottom. Yeah, that yeah. to me that I I felt very satisfying to watch that happen as as a spectator on YouTube. I can't imagine seeing that in person. So yeah, that's like when you were a kid and you're dropping water balloons out yeah. the window, right? Now you now you've got cars and you're just throwing them over cliffs. Yeah. So the question I've yet to answer is like who who the fuck are these people? And why are they doing <laughs> this? And how did they learn how to do this? And like who's Camry? Who's the first guy that did yeah, it? Right? Who's Camry? Yeah. Who's Camry is this? And like what do you do for a living? Like what what is it that you know? <laughs> Who who invented this? Like who's the guy? I want I don't know. Like what's the seed? Like where did this start? You know I don't know. Everything starts in a certain place. Like how do these guys get into this crazy shit? Because we know that for the most part about American car culture, you know we kind of have like our list of innovate. Like like here here's like the hot rod guys. Here's yeah you know yeah. here's the guys that did this first. Here's like the racing guys. Here's you know we we've got these kind of like you can look up and see who won the land speed. You know who's got a land speed record? Who went real fast at Bonneville? Who won the Indy 500 in 1985? Whatever. But then you've got these crazy like car cultures outside and some inside the U.S. as well. They're like like where do these people get this? Like who the hell are you? And there's some guy like you in Sri Lanka watching monster truck stuff. Going, right. What is this shit? What is this shit? <laughs> what is this shit? Why do they put these giant tires on these trucks and then they crush other trucks with them? Monster Where, tr- what, what is that? What? Where did that come from? But I tell you, there's an epicenter there in Saudi Arabia because that's a place too where like if they're brand new Benz like blows a gasket or something, they just leave it in the desert and go get a new Benz, right? Yeah, I got this buddy. <laughs> um, I met him because he was... His relatives lived in St. Louis, and he was trying to get their their car painted for him and fixed up a, an old Land Cruiser that was really in good shape, but just sun faded and whatever. So he brought it to us, and then he started showing me all these pictures. I was like, "Whoa, where do you get all these crazy cars?" And he goes, "He's like a British guy, but he lives in the UAE, and he just goes around. And he's like, you don't understand the car culture here. It's very strange. If something breaks, doesn't matter what it is. If they can't use it immediately or like the next day, like the parts are like kind of hard to get. They're not. It's not like super hard to get, but like." culturally like they have enough money and if the parts are kind of hard to get they just ditch the car i mean it could be over like a flat tire and a dead battery <laughs> they'll leave a car in the desert what is a like a car that's like a three hundred thousand dollar car or a very collectible like old lamborghinis and ferrari so it's like they have to be everything has to be like perfect in order for them to continue to use otherwise they'll just buy a new vehicle over what is both here and there a minor maintenance issue but like they can't find a little part, so he's like gone around and bought these. You know, being well versed in in other car cultures, he's just gone around and bought all these cars up and restored them and made them. You know, kind of brought them back. So usually, like severely sun damaged, old. You know, just cool stuff. And they all have low miles on them, but sitting around in and the they're desert. just laying out there in the desert. Yeah, it's so hot there. So they just ditch. I don't know. It's it's insane, but. Not to them. It's only insane to us because we're, we're like, we've got our way of thinking about the way we do things. And that's not the way they think about it. So that's unbelievable. When when you're thinking that, like, you know, your Lamborghini is is a disposable object. You yes. Know, like, oh, the wheel on, on my shopping cart broke. I'm not going to use yeah. it anymore. We don't even do that. We fix right. the shopping cart. There's great stories about guys from, you know, the Middle East coming over here. All in Abi, they got into drag racing. And the guy had a this huge budget for drag racing. Went and bought all these drag, you know, was 
was fueling like all these shops where we just go around and buy shops and buy teams and all of a sudden he had all these drag racing teams out of nowhere and yeah it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of money but yeah they had all the cars back over there and as well and the, uh, and, and all these high-end engines like very very expensive engines and if anything they, they just kept ordering more if anything broke they just leave them out in in the desert side so this i was talking to this guy and he was you know he'd become friends with this you know this guy and he's like yeah he flew me over there it was i did a bunch of crazy stuff but yeah i saw all these crazy high-end engines they just little thing went wrong with them they just left they, they don't rebuild them they just leaving them out in the middle of the desert so this stuff is just disposable well there's this uh, money money ain't a thing that is unbelievable so it's crazy like how many places have you have you sold to around the world i know sweden's everywhere. a hotbed everywhere everywhere right mm-hmm. russia the orient yep. uh uh everywhere, everywhere right japan i think is still oh, yeah. pretty big collectors mm-hmm. i don't know about india but certainly all over europe yeah i've never sold anything to india but all over europe for sure and they're into I, there's great pictures that customers have sent us of like american car shows in you know another in a european country and it's interesting it doesn't look like our shows there's some really goofy weird stuff there but they're embracing <laughs> like it Nor- like norwegian death metal and it's <laughs> It's all there. It's all it's <laughs> vampires. It's, right, right, right. It's, <laughs> it's like cosplay or car Co- Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, they're making it happen. But there's, it's interesting. There's, there's, there's cool stuff over there. But I've had a lot of a lot of European clients, South American clients. That's got to be a real status symbol for them over yeah. there. I sold a Mustang to Zimbabwe. Really? Yeah. They were like. Okay, I'm buying it as a. It was like this lady. I'm buying it as a gift for my husband, and we've got to drive from. It was like 700 miles. Like we're gonna get it from here, and we're gonna. I didn't even think that our. I didn't even think we could get it there because I know that the country, you know, in my head, I'm like, all right, it's on the continent of Africa. We're all right. Where is? I don't know if it's like the middle. Is it landlocked? Is it by the? I don't even know. So, but I. But our ship. We could ship a car there. And with a shipping company in a container. So I was like, yeah, sure. And anyway, I just got to be able to drive it like across Zimbabwe. I was like thinking like, this is the dumbest fucking idea ever, lady. But I'm going to put a few hundred miles on it at the shop. And I'm going to go back through it. And I'll have all the fluids changed and ready to go. So like, I'm going to give you the best freaking chance you've got, lady, to surprise your husband in this ranch in Zimbabwe. Good good luck. And they made it. They picked it up. and It got I, there. I can't imagine there's too many... Mustangs driving around there, but no, not no more defenders. It's all, it's all yeah. defenders. Yeah, no one's whipping around Donkeys in a Mustang in Zimbabwe. Yeah. No, 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 strange. I, I mean, when you think about where would you drive that there, I have no idea. I don't even know what I guess I around what, a ranch. <laughs> I have no idea what it looks like. I, I don't know what kind of roads they have. I, I, I have absolutely no idea. But we've had a lot of cars that we sold to you know, interesting people. And the best thing is they'll send us a picture, they'll usually send us a picture of the car. And like a crazy place. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Well, shoot me a couple of those and we'll uh, post them with the podcast. I will. That'll be great. Great having you on, Noah. Well, thank you for having me. Really enjoy it. Once again, Noah Alexander of uh, Classic Car Studios and the star of Speed is the New Black that had a great run on uh, Velocity and Motor Train. To learn more about the people we invite to our podcasts or to turn us on to a unique character you know, Check us out at nocoast underscore originals on Instagram or at nocoastoriginals.com on the web. Thanks for listening and hopefully sharing our podcast.